The Love Life and Lose Weight podcast will teach you the art and science of changing your habits around food. I'm your host, Advanced Certified Weight and Life Coach, Heather Beardsley. I've helped hundreds of women just like you figure out how to stop dieting, lose weight, and love life on the journey to goal weight and beyond. Hey, welcome to episode 40. We're nearing the end of season one, which will happen at episode 52. So it's nearly been a year and we'll switch over to season two um, on the anniversary, the one year anniversary of the podcast being launched. I believe that was in early October of 2022. Okay, today we're going to talk about how to create more energy. So there's two kinds of energy that we talk about. The first one is physical energy. And the second one is emotional energy or the feeling of energetic. So you have a body that moves through space, <laughs> does processes, right? Thinks, digests, poops, <laughs> pees, um, it's got muscles and you have free will. So you can move your body through space in order to create that kind of um, energy. It requires fuel. And of course, your cells to function in a way where they can utilize that fuel pretty well to expend energy. So there is a sense of like in our human bodies, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like we have this sense that, yeah, we expend energy, we have energy, but as you get to know your body and your sense of your physical self, you do tend to know when you feel physically energetic and when you don't feel physically energetic or you feel depleted. So that's not a feeling of depleted. You see the way that we we speak about things, we have to be really precise when we're talking about these two differences in energy. One is a, a feeling of energetic and the other one is a physical capacity and willingness to expend energy. So, you know, you can have all the energy in the world but if you're thinking in ways that are stuck, overwhelmed, depressed, you won't be able to tap into the physical energy capacity or reserves of your body. So the opposite is also true. Let's say you're low on sleep and you are really hungry and you're just feeling like you don't have any proverbial gas in the tank. If you think in ways that are motivating and excited and like you've got stuff to do that you cannot wait to do, you can find ways to expend that energy, even though you sense there's not a lot of reserves in there, so-called gas in the tank. Okay. So physical energy is a sense of the gas in the tank. Um, and emotional energy is a vibration in your body, an emotional feeling that you feel. And we know that emotional energy, like the feeling of energy in the body is always related to the habits of thinking that are creating that feeling. And then the body itself and its mechanical physiological processes, how well it's handling and moving its fuel sources around um, if you're sick, if you're tired, um, if you're injured, that's all going to play into physiological energy or physical energy. So these are two aspects that you kind of want to get working together. And this is what I often talk about in integrative weight loss. It's like bringing your habits of thinking and feeling to the sandbox or the playground of your body and getting um, down into your body and allowing your mind and your body to kind of communicate and work with each other. 
So it's can be very exhausting or energy depleting to ask yourself to expend energy if you aren't thinking in ways that emotionally make that easy. And a lot of times we see this in um, habits of thinking around movement. You know, these there's a lot of people who say, I hate exercise. I can't stand exercise. And you can see like they're not energetically moving through their movement usually. Usually it's a reluctance. <laughs> you can tell runners who are just kind of slogging along, right? And then you can tell the difference with people who are super into exercising, where you can tell they're thinking really lush, motivating, energetic thoughts, and they're feeling energetic, and then they're working with the body to expend that energy. So one sort of drives the next in an ideal scenario, right? Where you don't have um, exceptions going on like sickness or lack of sleep, new, newborn baby, you know, recovery from surgery, things like that. So um, I've been thinking a lot about this because um, I am on a medication that makes me feel less energetic than I'm used to. And I think I also talked to you all pretty recently about how I've cut down on my coffee intake. And um, I wasn't sure how that might affect my energy. Like, I just don't want to have a second cup of coffee. I'm still having one. Um, and so it's it's an interesting interplay between changing my physical, my, I'm sorry, changing my habit of having coffee, which I've always associated with giving me energy in the morning and um, not feeling energetic if I have it. So I'm still having the coffee. I'm just not having as much. And I think the truth is that when you've been having regular morning coffee um, every day of your life, like I have for decades and decades, um, I really don't think that the coffee is giving me much additional energy. I think my body is just adapted to expect that hit of caffeine. And it's not like sort of, topping off my energetic tank, if you will. So, um, you know, I've got to figure out a way to create more energy in my life. And so I was thinking about this and I wanted to, to just share my, my thoughts about this. This is just, of course, based on my coaching and um, my own experience with energy and feeling energetic. Um, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but like when I became in my fifties, when I turned 50, I started sort of paying close attention. Like, am I just not having as much energy as I used to? And what's going on with that? And cause I sort of remember like in my twenties and my thirties, I would have these days when, um, I, I would just call them like house project days where I'd get super psyched up to like go and paint the living room, paint the kitchen, you know, just the baseboards, <laughs> do these big projects, move all the furniture, clean out all the, the, um, the cabinets in the family room say, or clean out my closet. And, you know, I think that's very normal to have that reserve of energy and that excitement to like do physical projects decrease over time. Um, and, you know, I don't really think it's really useful to kind of debate whether or not that is actually happening. The question is, I always like to just take it to, okay, I still have projects that I want to do. The question is, how can I align my thinking and my physical reserves of energy to be able to do more of those than what I'm currently doing? Instead of just thinking shitty thoughts like, I don't have the energy I used to. I just can't do it anymore. You know, my feet hurt, you know, when I'm walking around all day in my house doing these big projects, things like that. It's just not helpful. And so I, I've learned to kind of reframe it this way. Um, but then I was thinking, all right, well, I, I have the thought work for sure. And, you know, what are the things that physically help you become more energetic? Um, and I just made a quick list. This is by all means, not like 
comprehensive and it's certainly not medical advice. It's just like my thoughts about how to create more energy, how to feel more energetic emotionally, and how to create more reserves of physical energy that you can tap into when you align your thinking. So the first thing I would suggest that you do, if you want to have some homework on this, is to do an energetic time study. You know, oftentimes in our professional lives, if we um, have more to do than we have time for, um, we're asked to do a time study. We do this on the team at NoBS when this happens. And um, it's just a way to compile data to see where your time expenditure is going. And so if we apply this to an energetic time study, what you will do is over the course of seven days, you each day, at the end of the day, I want you to do an analysis of where your physical energy went. And the way I like to think about this is the same way I think about time. Like there are 24 hours in a day. So I give myself $2,400 to spend, $100 an hour. And so if I sleep eight hours, I spend $800 on my sleeping, right? So it's the same with an energetic time study. So, you know, sleeping, um, builds energy, right? So the eight hours of your day is sleeping, hopefully. And then the rest of the time, you got to figure out where you're choosing to spend your thinking and emotional energy and your physical energy. And, you know, this is very subjective, obviously. Um, you're going to just go through and just do an inventory each day. Like for most of you, I suppose Monday through Friday, well, most of your mental energy is probably spent in the job that you do. And you can kind of do a comparison of like, okay, let's say you're spending eight hours a day, five days a week at work. How much of the, your expenditure is mental and emotional energy? versus physical energy. Obviously, those of you who have physical jobs, um, you know, will expend much more physical energy. Like for, for me, when I work with my 32 clients a week, that's all emotional energy. I'm in my head, going in my clients' heads, seeing where they're thinking, and I'm extrapolating from that. I'm deducting, I'm troubleshooting, I'm doing all of that thing, that all of those energetic um, investments. And so because of this, you'll see like in my case, at the end of um, a client heavy workday, I will feel very emotionally tired. Okay. If you um, have more of a physical job, maybe you didn't spend much time thinking about what you were doing, but you were physically expending, expending a lot of energy, okay? So just go through a time study. You can Google time study worksheet and you can find something that you can use, I'm sure. Just create a table or something like that. Um, note on your weekly time study or, uh, sorry, energetic time study energetic study. <laughs> um, where you're being asked to expend excessive amounts of energy, maybe it's around certain people that leave you feeling depleted. Maybe it's certain jobs that you do. If you're a young mom and you're going to the park and you're running after your kids and then, you know, doing a lot of like physical stuff with your kids, maybe you're just physically exhausted. Um, if you're not sleeping at night or you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep at night, that's an energetic drain as well. Worrying, um, feeling overwhelmed, feelings. There are feelings that expend emotional energy. And then there's also feelings like joy and delight and happiness that sort of increase energy. So just know like where these expenditures and um, 
these bumps in energy come from and just look at your week. Okay. And then I want you to analyze what you find in your energy study of your week. Um, and then I want you to look at trouble spot areas. So for example, um, I used to have a certain day of the week where I started early coaching and then I ended late and I could just tell that I was seeing too many clients in a row because I was so exhausted at, by the time I, I stopped coaching that day, I didn't have, I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to cook dinner. I just wanted to lay on the couch and I was kind of like wired, but also tired, but like not physically tired. You see, I was brain tired and I was so brain tired that I couldn't, I couldn't think the thoughts <laughs> that would get me to go outside and do my walk. So that was, that's a good example of identifying energy expenditures that are leaving you energetically depleted. Those are the ones that I want you to identify and then create like, um, a strategy around. So for example, what I did was I just decided that as a rule, I would only see four clients in a row. And then I would have some kind of at least a half an hour break before I would see any more clients just to be able to get me up from my desk, walking around, um, doing something, um, to take me away from my computer screen. Um, I think it's really easy to like not really realize how mentally exhausting it is to do high level, um, work on the computer. You know, our brains are still primal machines and, the amount of processes that we have to run in our brain just to move around the computer and go through different apps and, you know, do different processes, especially if you work online, um, requires a lot of brain power and energy, um, mental and emotional energetic expenditure. You can't just expect to deplete that mental expenditure for eight hours a day and then expect to feel energetic, physically energetic at the end of that day. Like you've got to hardwire in what I call tension relief valves during your day. If this is your, if this is the case for you, if it's, if you are opposite and you're not really um, expending mental energy, but you are physically depleting yourself during the day, then those tension relief valves are going to involve you physically resting. Okay. If you are physically still during the day, but you are mentally super active, those tension relief valves are going to be you um, stopping the deliberate thinking, <laughs> getting into your body and just providing some rest. Now, the best way to do, do that for, for mental tiredness is to um, do some meditation. I have a whole podcast on medica meditation um, called Mind Control. If you go back in the podcast episodes from the past few months, you'll see one called Mind Control. And I go way into all the details about paradoxically how meditating, which is deliberately asking yourself to stop thinking on purpose, is actually a huge generator of mental um, energy. So it creates new energy for you. Um, meditation is kind of what's known as like sleep for the conscious brain. Whereas the sleep that we do at night when we go to bed is rest for the unconscious brain. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of information on this um, that you can look up, but I'll, I'll just keep the scope of the discussion about meditation to, to that. And I'm just going to refer you back to that other podcast, go and have a listen to it. Okay. So we're on tension relief valves, come up with a strategy for you to create those tension reliefs valves for throughout your day. Another thing you can do if you are a desk worker like me 
um, when you do take your break, I want you to either um, put your computer to sleep, which marks the cue that it's time to stop thinking on purpose. And then the other thing you can do is turn your chair around so that your back turns to the computer, which also is like a, a signal, it's time to stop thinking. So you want to create cues that um, give your brain the right directions for what you're asking it to do. Because a brain in motion just tends to stay in motion. And it's you've got to learn how to sort of turn on energetic thinking and turn it off. And this will help you to conserve your mental energy for the times when you need it. And so you're not sort of like leaking <laughs> mental energy when you are supposed to be like, I don't know, doing yoga or taking a walk with your dog. And you're still, you may as well just be there in front of your desk at your computer because your mind is still thinking on those things. Um, with time and practice, this will get easier. You just have to have leadership energy and just tell your brain, we're not thinking about that anymore. And your brain will turn back to it. And you just say, no, you just, just be consistent and just refuse to um, indulge in mental expenditure when you're supposed to be having your, your tension relief break. Okay. Um, the other thing you can do is, um, use a Pomodoro timer for when you work, if that works with your, your mental expenditure at work. A Pomodoro is a timer you can install on your computer. I think it's an app too. And it's, it's based in research that shows like the most focused work and attention that we do is in 25 minute segments. And you can do like, I think it's like four rounds of that or three rounds of that. And then you take a longer break. And, and the whole idea comes back to what I'm talking about, which is we can't just hit the gas and keep our foot on the pedal all the way down to like work either physically or mentally and expend all that energy and then expect to have anything left at the end of the day. If you do that, that's what ends up being burnout, right? So you've got to have this like this valve um, which is like a turn off valve and a turn on valve where you're only expending the right amount of energy at the right time. And then you turn it off and then you, you do activities that allow you to generate energy or at least hold what you have left. So the other thing that you can do is to schedule non-productive time daily non-productive time daily. A lot of you do this anyway, so I don't really want to hear your complaints about this. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll be coaching and they're like, well, you know, I'm staying up so late. I'm like scrolling on TikTok or I'm playing solitaire on the computer and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, well, just schedule it at a time when you do have energy so that you're not taking away from your sleep. And the the thing with that is that, you know, you've got to say if you, like all brains need to just not be thinking on purpose. This is where like we, our brains just need to rest. If your brain is, think about your brain like a Stradivarius. That's a violin, right? <laughs> it's a very rare, very beautiful handmade instrument. And if you have one, it's like, God, you would take awesome care of it, right? You would take it to a specialist and get it tuned up and you would polish it and you would keep it in the right case and give it the best care. I mean, your brain is like your most important asset. That in your, in your body. Well, I mean, it is part of your body. So you want to schedule time for your brain to just like fuck off during the day because you ask so much of it, it deserves some time off, right? So schedule that non-productive time. Maybe it's right after dinner. You just like tell the family like, hey, you guys clean up if you made the dinner or I don't know, make a deal. Just tell, tell people what you're doing. Like I'm not doing anything for the next hour, but then keep to the hour, right? 
And when you do that, what happens is you're doing it with an intention to relax instead of stealing time in an unintentional way, which is not relaxing. Like a lot of times if, if you're scrolling late at night because you felt like you got no time during the day, then you're just trying to get back what you think you've already lost. Instead, scheduling non-productive time daily um, to, I don't know, scroll, stare at the sky. I don't care. Do a puzzle. Puzzle isn't really, I mean, you could say a puzzle is productive, but it's, it's mainly just fun, right? Um, just watching TV, just receptive mode, not doing any intentional thinking. Um, when you give yourself time to do that, you also cue and signal your brain that it's time for rest and that you have a practice of resting each day. And then this also becomes like something that you look forward to because you know, you have time to rest and you will look forward to it. A lot of times when my clients are overeating at dinner, they're like, well, this is the best part of my day is eating. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, after dinner, you know, it's like, God, I have to clean up and then I've got to get the kids ready for bed and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I'm like, all right, well, you don't have to do anything. You've got to start to like take control of your choice for how you spend your time. And when you make an energetic decision to re like replenish your energy by scheduling non-productive time, um, you have something to look forward to. So put it in your day and it, during a time when you naturally feel sort of low energy, that would be ideal. For many of you, um, if your schedule allows, do it like mid-afternoon when you tend to want to snack for energy, which is just total bullshit. Snacking does not give you energy. Snacking gives you fuel, which if you're eating it when you're not hungry is like spilling fuel all over the place. It's overfueling yourself, which is depleting for the body. It's requiring your body to handle extra fuel that it didn't ask you for. And so it's a, it's a, it's a bad strategy. Okay. Giving yourself energy, if you're depleted, requires resting and you know, recovering those reserves. Okay. Number five for how to build up your mental and emotional reserves, give up trying to control other people or spending your emotional reserves on arguing with what is. I'll say that again. Give up trying to control other people or spending your emotional reserves on arguing with what is. Okay. So this is just goes back to like, the only thing you can control is yourself. So if you just accepted people for who they show you that they are, then you could retain all of that emotional energy to spend on you and how you show up. And that sense of like reserve, reserving that for you, and then thinking about the things that you can control is like a wonderful way to just take some of your energetic power back. Okay. And you know, when we argue with what is basically we're lying to ourselves, we're wishing things were different. It's like a waste of time because you can't go back, especially if you're thinking about things in the past, just know that however things are, even if it feels terrible is enough to get you where you want to go. And if you spend time arguing with what is, you just make things take longer and feel harder than they have to, which is energetic depletion. Okay. And the last one is release being at the effect of other people's opinions or worrying about what they think of you. So this is sort of reversing it. It's not your job to comply with what you think other people want in order to make them happy. Uh, 
we want to practice emotional adulthood, which means taking responsibility only for our own emotional state. Of course, we have influence over the emotions of people who are in our sphere of influence. And that is something that, you know, of course, you want to act kindly as much as possible. Um, but there is a way to kind of like tell the truth to people who matter to you in a way that is kind and loving. Um, we don't have to yes or people please other people. Um, and when you release yourself from that contract, you will have so much more emotional energy to work with because you, because you believe that people will work it out, that they can handle their own opinions. I mean, not opinions, their emotions. People can handle their own emotions. We're all hardwired to handle any emotion that we feel as human beings. And, you know, it doesn't feel great when people aren't happy with you, but it also doesn't feel great when you're not being happy with you because you're trying to make other people happy at your own expense. So choose the hard that is in your own energetic best interest. Okay. And people will always have opinions about you. <laughs> they always do. You're just not aware of them. I mean, you might think that, you know, you're trying to manage people's, you know, opinions about you. I mean, they're going to have their own opinions about you no matter what you do. So again, it's just nothing that you can control. So don't leak energy by people pleasing or worrying about what they think about you. Okay. So that was the six ways that you can build up your mental and emotional reserves. I'll just go over them again real quick. Number one, do an energy study over your week to figure out where you're spending your mental, emotional, and physical energy during the course of your week. Number two, analyze your expenditures and the ones who that are taking a lot of energy from you. And then I want you to create a strategy for how you will, number three, create tension relief valves that allow you to not deplete your energy so much and or create reserves by managing your energy expenditure. And some of those examples were meditation, taking a walk, using Pomodoro, creating rituals that are appealing, sustainable, and enjoyable. Number four was to schedule non-productive time daily at a time that works for you. Number five, giving up, trying to control other people or arguing with what is. And number six, release being at the effect of other people's opinions or worrying about what they think of you. Okay, that's, that's their business. All right, so a couple of do's and don'ts that I came up with, a short list. <laughs> How to increase your physical energy. Take what resonates and leave the rest. If you and I were pals and we were talking about like, oh, I just don't have energy, this is what I would say to you. So here's your don'ts. Don't drink alcohol if you want to have energy the next day. Number two, stop overeating. It requires so much energy for your body to handle excess fuel because you're overfeeding yourself. Number three, don't eat food. That makes you feel like shit. Number four, limit or restrict spending time with people that deplete you emotionally. Number five, don't say yes to people when you want to say no. Number six, don't save up calories and push past hunger. That is energy depleting. Um, we want you feeling hungry before you eat, but not allowing yourself to push past hunger, like normal hunger to getting like excessively hungry. That's what I'm talking about. Number seven, don't skimp on sleep. Prioritize your sleep. Keep it sacred. You know, do whatever you have to do to get on, get to bed on time. 
And if you don't sleep well, you're probably not being as physically active as you need to be to have a tired body that sleeps more. Okay. Many of you go to bed way too early and then you complain about why you're up so early. Okay. So you may actually paradoxically need to go to bed a little bit later so that you can sleep in the amount that you want to sleep. Okay. Number eight, don't watch any media that depletes your mental or emotional reserves. <laughs> I was watching um, some nature show. It was, they were, it was David Attenborough and he's at one of these far flung Hawaiian islands. Did you know that there's these like very Northern islands in Hawaii? Uh, one I had never heard of. And anyway, these, um, I think they're frigate birds or, you know, the birds that ha have to travel these long distances, of course, because they're in the um, middle of the Pacific ocean and they have to fly for hours and days to get anywhere. They're showing the baby chicks dying on the beach. I mean, my nervous system was like completely triggered. <laughs> I turned it off. I feel bad. Like I, I do this to my, my family all the time. I'm just like, feel free to watch but I can't watch baby chicks dying. Like I just can't. It triggers me emotionally. It depletes my energy. You can see I'm still thinking about it and I only watched about 10 seconds of it. So, um, I mean, many of you like these CSI murder shows and stuff, like if it doesn't bother you or deplete you mentally or emotionally, great, watch it. If it does, don't freaking watch it. Number nine, don't agree to do things that you actually don't want to do. Now there's a caveat with that. It's okay to do things you don't want to do as long as you really like your reasons. Like, I don't really feel like doing it, but I know I want to for this reason that is more important. Okay. All right. Let's talk about things you can do to increase your physical energy. Number one, make systemic life changes to decrease your stress load in your life. Look, we can manage our minds about almost anything, but the question is like, do you want to for life or do you want to just change your life? That's a really good question to ask yourself because having to manage your mind over chronic things that happen all the time is a huge depleter of energy. Number two, commit, do commit to emotional responsibility by doing your thought work. In other words, how you feel is always your responsibility because of how you're choosing to think about your life and your world. So look to your patterns of thinking if you would like to feel better. It's not up to other people to make us happy. That is an inside job. Okay. Number three, do get deep sleep by not eating late, committing to regular movement that you like, controlling your life for stress. As I talked about in number one, seeing your doctor and getting your labs done. So this number three takes a lot of things into account. And I'm not going to go through each one, but I will repeat it for you. Get deep sleep by not eating late, committing to regular movement, controlling your life for chronic stress. In other words, making changes if needed, seeing your doctor and getting your labs checked, especially if your sleep sucks. Could be hormonal. You could be low in B vitamins. I mean, there's a lot of things that can impact your sleep. If you're not sleeping, talk to your doctor, okay? And do those other things. Number four, do drink enough water. When I get new clients, I'm shocked at how little water they drink. The minimum amount is 64 ounces a day. Make sure you get it done. Number five, do plan for sustainable daily productivity. Do not give yourself this crazy ass list of 24 things to get done in a day. Do you know how that triggers your primal brain? I mean, like if you gave me one of those, I would be in complete stress out, freak out mode. Give yourself three things a day to do 
personally and professionally that are able to be done in that day. These are things that have been scheduled ahead of time, like regular, like doing the laundry or I don't know, regular things you do, like, uh, I don't know, going to meet your book club. Those things should just be in your calendar. Those are not part of your like to-do list. So anything that's recurring, I want you to take off your to-do list and put in your calendar. Anything recurring, make time for it in your week. And then in your productive time, that's when you get your things done. Three professionally and three personally. Okay. Number six, do run your life as if you are your own personal assistant. So this means I have this much time, I have this much much energy, and I have these needs and wants for what I want to do with my day. And then you figure out that jigsaw puzzle in a way that's doable, which means able to be done. So you don't overload your schedule. Um, A personal assistant would never do that. They would just like know what time that you had and what you are capable of doing with your time. Okay. So treat yourself like the best personal assistant that you could ever find. Number seven is to reduce your toxic load, meaning limit alcohol. Alcohol is a neurotoxin. Okay. It's going to deplete your energy if you have it. Um, You're also going to want to limit your, your exposure to people who feel toxic to you right? You want to have clean water, clean air, and like a body that is running on good foods that fuel you and feel like really energetic to you. And you want to try to schedule your time around people who also create energy instead of depleting your energy. Number eight, do get sunlight on your face at a minimum first thing in the morning for just a few minutes, there are receptors in the back of your eye that detect sunlight first thing in the morning, and they will start your circadian rhythm going. So that like 12, 14 hours later, you start, you will start releasing melatonin that makes you naturally sleepy. So getting that, getting out of the house and getting like sunlight in, in your face or you know, I mean, you don't have to, don't stare at the sun, (laughs) just go outside. Um, It will help you with your circadian rhythm and you'll, you'll have more energy. Number nine, do reduce or eliminate the blue light exposure from your electronics after sunset. A lot of um, your phones and your computers have an automatic setting that you can just turn on. Make sure that you're doing that. Okay. Um, and try to shut down all electronics one hour, but at least one hour before you go to bed. Number 10, do invest in social relationships that you like. These will give you energy and um, give you a feeling of connection, which is really good for your, your mental feelings of energy and your emotions. Okay. Number 11, do incorporate play into your life. If you're not like imagining, envisioning, playing games, physical games, board games, card games, crossword puzzles, even knitting, knitting is a game, isn't it? It's like, you got to make the certain motion and you're counting, right? So it's play. It's creative play. Incorporate some into your life if you don't have any. Cooking can be a form of play and um, create creative play. Number 12, do make meaning from your struggles and move on. So if you have a hard story that chronically pops up in your sense of um, your life, write this, the hero's, the heroine's story from that struggle, take the silver lining from it, make meaning from it, and then give yourself permission to move on. Number 13, do stop 
overfueling yourself by overeating. Can't really say that one enough. I don't know if you noticed. Number 14, do creatively um, visualize yourself expending your energy wisely and conserving always some energy to reserves for yourself. Like you never want to meet the end of the day, like completely bonked out with energy, right? So you are a conserver of your energy and you expend it or you spend it wisely, just like you spend your money wisely. Okay. Number 15, do learn to feel without buffering. That means especially negative emotions, sometimes even positive ones. Like if you feel like you can't be social and connected and having fun without having alcohol or overeating, you're buffering your positive feelings. So when you take the, when you buffer those positive feelings, what you're doing is you're, you're sort of, um, diluting your emotional experience and we want to feel the full strength of our emotions so that we know that we can be with them, that we have a relationship with all emotions so that we can hear the message that the emotion is trying to tell us. And so if you're constantly sad and frustrated with your job, take that as an example, and you're just snacking the whole day to kind of distract yourself from how much you're hating your job, well, you're not really hearing the lesson that the frustration is trying to tell you. Like you've got to figure out how to not be frustrated with your job by either managing your mind or changing the circumstances. Maybe you need to talk to HR. Maybe you need to ask for a transfer. You know, maybe you need to find another job. But if you just settle for buffering your your feelings, you just stay stuck. Okay? And staying stuck is such an energetic like hoser of your life. We're meant to evolve through our life and our emotions unbuffered will give us clear instructions about what's needed. Um, Abraham Hicks calls this your emotional guidance system. If we buffer our emotions, we cannot hear their message. Okay. Number 16, do learn the skill of selective ignoring. This means not giving attention all the time to shit that you don't like. You've got to give your attention to things that you do want and things that you do like. So paying attention to the negative is totally going to deplete you. And this doesn't mean just like always seeing the positive side. It's just a, a choice of where to focus that focuses you on the path on how to get what you want, right? I'll say that again. Where you choose to focus your thinking creates a path to the object of your thinking. So if you're constantly thinking, I don't know why I'm not losing weight fast enough. I don't know why this isn't working. You're going to create an experience where you're totally convinced that your weight loss isn't working instead of being fascinated with figuring out what does work and trying a lot of stuff so that you can figure out what the right strategies are for you. So that's selective ignoring for more. This is like the most un, um, underutilized skill that you can use in anything that you want in life, especially for weight loss. Um, there's a podcast episode, if you go back, called Selective Ignoring. For more on that, just go back and listen to that episode. Number 17, do meditate. I really can't say enough how, how energy generating uh, meditation is. It's fucking fantastic. Jerry Seinfeld is a, a lifelong um, transcendental meditator. And you can find the YouTube video of him talking about this, but basically, you know, he starred in the, the Seinfeld series and produced it for like, I don't know, 15 years or something crazy. And back then they had like this brutal production schedule. 
had to learn lines. He had to be in almost every scene and for years. And um, every day for lunch, he would go down and meditate the entire time uh, Seinfeld was in production. And um, that practice, he has just kept doing it his entire life. And he's been um, an exceptional producer of energy, right? Comedic content, constant touring, you know, the Seinfeld series. And he's just, he's a prolific um, energy generator. And one of the greatest tools he talks about is meditation. Doesn't really matter which kind of meditation you do, just rest your brain when you need it. And number 18 is the last one. Do start seeing yourself as an energetic person. (laughs) I mean, you are. Your cells are creating energy with or without your permission every day that you are alive. We are energy. Emotions are vibrations in our body. Um, They've done, you know, they they can show that, you know, we have an energetic uh, field around us. And so the more you start like sort of self-identifying as an energy um, being, someone who can create energy and expend energy and renew energy, the more that you will feel like you have control over the energy reserves that you need to accomplish what you want in your life and become the person that you want to be. Okay. So that's how you can start creating more physical and mental and emotional energy for yourself. I hope it's been helpful. Come visit me on the episode 40 um, post on Instagram at thrive in midlife. And we can keep the conversation going. Maybe you all have some ideas about energy and how to create it or what depletes it or what you could do. Um, That's all for now. Stay focused and so long. Hey, if this episode was helpful, then let's connect. Visit hbeardsley.com forward slash subscribe. That's h-b-e-a-r-d-s-l-e-y.com forward slash subscribe. You'll get a gift from me, exclusive subscriber content, and advanced notice of in-person events. 